Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I'm speaking with David Zamak Burson. With over 50 years of experience, David is one of the world's leading experts on the Feldenkrais method, a synthesis of biology, physics, neuroscience, and motor development. This is the first time that we're bringing this method to you, and I'm really excited to learn more from David. David, welcome to Anxiety Slayer. Thank you so much. Before we dig in, I'm going to just read a little bio, just a little bit of information about you before we start our conversation. David actually trained with Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais, the brilliant physicist and neuroscientist who developed the Feldenkrais method. He was stunned by its relevance to the future of human health, education, self-development, and recovery, and became committed to sharing this important self-care option with others. David, I'm just so grateful for the work that you've been doing and that you continue to do, and you've helped so many people. Thank you. Let's begin our conversation with an introduction to the Feldenkrais method and how you've been helping people break the cycle of chronic tension and anxiety through the mind-body connection. Wonderful. The Feldenkrais method, the thinking behind it, I should say, was created by Dr. Feldenkrais, uses movement to create information for the brain and the brain's neuroplastic capacities then are able to take advantage of that information to and create new possibilities for sensing, feeling, moving. And it is revolutionary in the sense that it's not about using movement as a repetitive exercise or a repeating a movement over and over again, but rather using our inherent capacities to change, to learn, accessing the most resilient parts of our nervous system to create change, to create improvement. And so the methodology is used with people who've had neurological injuries, children who have had who have cerebral palsy, as well as minor problems such as back pain, shoulder pain, neck pain, but also with anxiety. And I'd like to take my own lead in here to the subject that concerns your listeners, which is that Dr. Feldenkrais himself, and I completely agree with him, and I'll explain a little bit about that, is that anxiety is actually the central human problem. It is something that many, if not most of us, suffer with. Before he had what I was calling the methodology, before he developed that, he'd already written a book concerned with anxiety. And, and a bit of it was an answer to Sigmund Freud, who had written a small book for the public. His, maybe I think it was his last book on the problem of anxiety. So in other words, already it's being defined there in the 1930s and 40s as a very particular human 
problem and that's that's cross-cultural. If we could speak for a moment in generalities, which of course we know that generalities are never completely true and lacking in nuance, but if we could speak in generalities, we could say that there are two fundamental forces that are acting on us and through us all the time. The most paramount important one is self-preservation. We have to be able to react quickly and appropriately when we meet an existential situation. And we can find that capacity to respond to, shall we call it a threat, is common to even the simplest of organisms. And we find that even simple organisms that have a, a primitive nervous system are using a pathway that we have preserved. That all, so for hundreds of millions of years, this mechanism, call it fear or, or call it danger, call it a threat, we have to respond to it. Before I say why that's a problem, I want to say that the other force that's acting on us is that of self ability to sustain myself that I need to be able to have a good immune system. I need to be able to digest my food. I need to be able to, to procreate. And these abilities are quite distinct from this self-preservation. These are really different parts of our nervous system, sure. different capacities that have been preserved. That even the simplest organism has to know where to find food. It has to be able to digest the food, has to push the waste outside of itself. And this is what was already interesting to me when, before I met Dr. Feldenkrais, I should say, when I encountered him, I felt as if I was meeting somebody who had spent many more years than myself thinking about exactly the problem that I was con concerned with, which is. What is the body pattern that results from getting stuck in that self-preservation mode? Which, of course, I felt that I personally was suffering from. Mm -hmm. and, and I was trying to find some, some way to understand myself, what was going on. I had had trauma and difficulties in my life, but I was not having difficulties now in the present moment, which is, in a way... A definition that we could use, an operational definition that we could use for anxiety. Anxiety is carrying those past moments that were real. Right, carrying them in, forward. Yeah. Into the present moment. Yeah. So again, if I could continue speaking in general terms, just just so we understand the um the elegance of anxiety, because anxiety, the the initial response is actually healthy, right? right? There was a there was or there is a danger and that danger was is real. And so to have a fearful which uses exactly the same fear uses exactly the same pathways as anxiety. Anxiety is just sustained fear that I sustain it over time. Why do I sustain it over time? Because it was experienced as such a profound threat. And maybe for most animals, the, the fear, the challenging situation, the threat, well, it only lasts for a matter of minutes. Mm 
And what happens with us, Shan? Sometimes that situation, which is experienced by my whole self as um, dangerous, it can last for days. It can last for weeks. Sure. It can last for months. Now we have a problem. Why? Because one of the other fantastic capacities of you and I and everyone is the ability to form habits. If we didn't form habits, well, every time we would see a, a red light, we'd have to think, hmm, hmm, what, what does red mean? <laughs> the simplest of actions, we would have to recreate anew. And so there's this extraordinary, extraordinary system where, yes, we need consciousness and we need awareness for understanding and learning. But as soon as there's the consolidation, meaning that those networks are, are preserved, I no longer have to think about what red means. I no longer think have to think about how to make a cup of tea. I can do it. In fact, I can make that cup of tea while I'm talking, while I'm moving. This is extraordinary, except when it comes to this existential constellation of things that happen neurologically when I feel threatened. Because it has such strong valence, in no time at all, it becomes a habit. In no time at all, that anxiety, if the, if the, the which would say the provoking situation is maintained, all of us, even the brightest among us, even the healthiest psychologically among us, will begin to form a habit of def defending myself from a threat. Right. And then closing off yourself to so much great and crushing beauty and your life. Every window is closed. Every door is closed just to keep yourself safe and compartmentalized and and, exactly. and stuck. Yeah, exactly. Well, so what began as very healthy, a very healthy response is now a problem, as you mm -hmm. said. It's mm -hmm. a problem. Yes, and it's very hard to feel the way out. The thing is that there's the personal and there's the impersonal, or there's, no, there's the personal experience of anxiety and there's the universal aspects of it. Mm -hmm. In other words, we all more or less have the same brain. Yes, your brain, Shan, is basically the same brain as Einstein's. And the question then, and 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 the these, as I said earlier, these pathways are so archaic. And and why have they been preserved? Because they do save our life. Mm -hmm. Because they do, they are helpful and they do work extremely well, except when they become a habit. Right. And that habit has a universal expression, which is a tightening of the abdomen, which is a clenching of the hands, a clenching of the jaw. These are all, I'm sure you've had many other speakers come and talk about the sympathetic, parasympathetic distinction mm -hmm. of, about the involuntary nervous system. 
that is what we're alluding to here and what it meant my going on too long monologue. <laughs> but um, so the clenching of the fist, the clenching of the jaw, and the pulling of the head forward and down. And this becomes preserved. It is once we have the habit of anxiety, the habit of anxiety is, or fear, whatever you want to call it, is the same for all of us. The body pattern is the same, is, is biological. It's been there for millions of years. And now my breathing has changed. Now, I, how's my breathing changed? My abdomen has tightened in order to pull down, pull my head down and forward, preserve my the, the my heart, my organs, in order to protect myself. And now my breathing has become different. There's two very distinctive ways of breathing. Commonly, I mean, and in, in use common parlance, you would say, what, belly breathing? Mm-hmm. Belly breathing and chest breathing. And you say, he's a chest breather. What does that mean? It reflects a, a very real distinction in how you're breathing. Right. The shallow breathing is not helpful when you're working through a bout of anxiety. That's why we want to deepen our breath, belly breath, do the long exactly. exhale, all of the, all of the different practices that we promote and, and use ourselves that kind of oh, feels so much better to take that deep cleansing breath than to, to have that shallow breath. That yeah. deep breath actually changes the way your nervous system is working. Mm-hmm. It pulls you away or tilts you away from that archaic anxiety pathways. Yeah, it's one of the ways that, that we break one, one of the chains. Let's discuss some more ways that we can improve that mind-body connection and then also tie that back into how Feldenkrais is an intelligent form of self-care. To the first part, there are, um, we, we don't call what we um, provide for people exercises. We call them lessons. Okay. We call them lessons because we're interested in the using movement to connect to the learning centers of our brain, the motor learning centers of our brain. And you listeners might find this very interesting, which is that the sympathetic system, the our, that fight or flight part of our nervous system is linked to quick, fast, strong movements, muscular patterns, which means that slow movement, slow movement actually is parasympathetic. This is why if I have, if I am an anxious person, we are always going to find that I am a ball of unnecessary muscular effort, that I maintain this feeling, which I find so uncomfortable and so oppressive, but I maintain this feeling through that muscular tension that, of course, was part of the self-preservation 
loop. But now it keeps, I'm, it means that I'm, I am so close to that full-blown anxiety that there, there isn't, the, there isn't a, a distance. But let's say our imagined healthy person, they meet a challenging situation and they have so many options for responding, don't they? Mm-hmm. And they can take their time and say, well, I'm not going to respond at all. I, I have to think this through. But if I am that anxious person, or I'm, you know, I'm on that gradient, well, the possibility of being tilted towards anxiety. Right. And There's, so it's like being put in a pressure cooker. All of a sudden, everything is happening all at once, and you feel like there's no way out. Or the only way out is to to close up or to close down or to freak out or, you know, whatever the whatever the situation <laughs> may be, right? Sounds- and so that's why there there are so many beautiful, beautiful, helpful, supportive tools and lessons to help us move through these experiences without having a full-blown anxiety attack. To inhibit it. Mm-hmm. That is a fundamental just as fun, these other fundamental human capacities I was talking about, so is inhibition. Mm-hmm. The ability to use awareness, to use consciousness, to stop something, to say no. In fact, there was a psychologist I, I, I was listening to a couple of years ago, and he suggested just practice saying no <laughs> to the smallest things. And you'll see that you are exercising your inhibition muscles, right? You are practicing what you'll need when you do meet that provocative, dangerous situation. So there are literally thousands of lessons. And these lessons work effectively to to change the patterns that we all, those universal patterns that we all fall into. So there are the lessons that um, I have provided to your beautiful podcast. You will see there's lessons for the jaw. There's lessons for the hands. There's lessons that are concerned with breathing. All of these things that we can talk about as primary, you could say primary ways that anxiety is embodied hmm. or the body pattern of sure. anxiety. And and the lessons take about hmm, a half an hour, 45 minutes, and they are dramatically effective. And then what do you have, which is so important, is that the anxiety is without its fundamental physical representation you've created i the lessons create that distance that we were talking about the healthy mm-hmm. person is you now have options mm. and and because your brain loves believe it or not your brain loves feeling better even yeah, though even that, even if your mind tries to trick you into thinking that it doesn't <laughs> exactly exactly or some or some you know psychotherapeutic 
theory of uh, right. well, you you must want to be self-destructive or you must want to be with that abusive person. Of course you don't. Right. Of course the this you 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 have a biological capacity that is inclined to feeling better, to feeling healthy, to feeling love, to feeling kindness. And that's what the lessons, the Feldenkrais lessons bring you so that the anxiety to a place where the anxiety is much further away in the, mm. ne- in, in the, in the moment. And these lessons that David is referring to are available to you. Um, you can find them on our show notes. And there's a, going to be a link directly to these seven lessons for addressing anxiety. The URL is something I'm not going to share here because you'll be able to get it right at the show notes. It's it's a long one, but David has so kindly put together seven lessons for us to learn how to work through Feldenkrais and to make it a part of our daily or weekly or monthly, however often you need to use it, 30 minutes, it's worth giving it a try. Each lesson is a gift. Thank you, David, for that gift. And thank you for inviting me. Oh, of course. So one of the one of the things that comes up a lot for our listeners is they struggle sleeping. Not necessarily getting to sleep, but staying to sleep. And some getting to sleep because their mind is just so busy and they're in that worry place, a loop, a never-ending cycle and loop of worry. And we've talked to them about many different tools and resources that they can use before bed, having a good nighttime practice, going to bed fairly early, staying away from screens, you know, and so on and so forth. What does Feldenkrais offer for a better night's sleep? Great question. So actually, even though you and I have never spoken before, some of those seven lessons that I provided to your listeners will speak directly in a beneficial therapeutic way to that problem. Oh, great. That's great. So I'll explain. Sleep obviously is a parasympathetic activity, otherwise known in in high school physiology as rest and digest. And an animal that's threatened can't spend time sleeping or digesting food. This is why this is why when one suffers with chronic anxiety, often there are digestive problems linked to that. Right. And sometimes when people have digestive problems, the first because because it's become such an unconscious habit and because it was often formed in childhood. The first inkling that I suffer with anxiety is that I go to the internist with digestive problems, or I go to the dentist because I'm clenching my teeth right. and, and I, my jaw hurts when I wake up in the morning. Well, of course, this is the in the nighttime, nocturnally, my sympathetic system is getting activated and my heart begins to beat faster my musculature begins to tense and I wake up or I have trouble falling asleep. And so there are 
two, if not three, of the lessons, shorter lessons that I provided for your listeners that I personally use if I wake up in the night. If I wake oh, up fantastic. Two so this or is three something... in the morning. Oh, that's I, so great. I personally I developed the lessons. Uh, one is a jaw lesson, one is a hand lesson, and I developed them expressly for that purpose. And Wonderful. I, I, I and I I I created them at two and three in the morning. <laughs> hey, you know up. what? <laughs> that, that's that's gonna tell you right there that it that it's gonna be very helpful, yeah. very helpful practice. And, and my wife uses them and you'll see there's there's I've heard from hundreds of people how mm. beneficial they are. Well, I'm so grateful to you and the work that you're doing and the lessons that you're creating and that you're making yourself available for conversations like this so that people can learn more and and that they have a little bit more understanding of what's going on with anxiety and that they don't have to suffer. They don't have to stay in that space, that there are options and Feldenkrais can really be a big help moving forward. I think this is exactly the message. This is exactly the message that it's an optimistic message. Yes. And I think that that you that we each, no matter our difficulties, we each have a nervous system that is available for change, available mm. for improvement. And you you just need to understand how to use it, how to access these neuroplastic capacities. And that is exactly what the lessons do. They're easy to do. Anybody can do them. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with today before we move on? I just want to thank you for providing this service and for uh, creating such a, 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 a space for intelligent dialogue. Oh, you're so welcome. You can learn more about David and his offerings at Feldenkrais Access. And today we have a special link, feldenkraisaccess.com slash anxiety dash slayer. Now, I know that's a mouthful. If you go to the show notes, you'll be able to find a link that will take you directly to the seven lessons that David so kindly put together for us to help you address anxiety, feel better, sleep better, and take sweet care of yourself. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer.